This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that still can't believe what we witnessed in Leeds. Bastards! Not for the first time after the delight in beating Spurs. It all comes crashing down in the next game, but still no one expected the way Leeds outran, outfought and outcoached Chelsea. Tuchel was right that if Sterling and Mount score and Mendy doesn't have a brain fart, then it's a different game. It would be nice if he had an answer to the fact that very few, other than the most optimistic of Chelsea fans, believed they would get back into the game after going 2-0 down. According to Tuchel, the problem was not being outrun by 10,000, whatever it was, metres, I suppose. What is it? 10k, 10 kilometres. Or not having strikers, or a defensive midfielder, or creative attacking ones for that matter, or a dodgy mentality. Righto, Thomas. Maybe it's good to get a defeat like this out of the system early, but with a new contract for Tuchel in the offing, we really need to see him sort out the clear systemic issues and lack of goal scoring which have bedeviled Chelsea since his 3-4-3 system won us the Champions League. In truth, we've been nowhere near it since. And the title of the show tonight is Shock and Ah. Chelsea Fancast number 922. I am Stamford Chidge. Good evening, everybody, and particularly good evening to His Royal Highness, the Prince of Fanbites, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Hello, lovely to be on the show. I've decided to assume this actor laddie persona for the whole of the show. Can we bear it? <laughs> no. No, in which case I'll. Throw it out of the window immediately. How are you, Chuck? Very good. Love the title. Love mm. the title. Mm. I had to. Good. I had to look up how to spell R, which is a bit worrying. <laughs> well, it could have been A R G H, couldn't it? Shock and arg. Um, uh, but yes, shock and awe and shock and awe. Very good. Very good. Uh, uh, I'm good actually because I'm 
I appear not to be as uh, pessimistic as the whole of uh, social media. So I'm uh, um, I've actually been phoned up by longstanding friends and um, uh, uh, they've explained to me how the club is about to implode and um, how dreadful everything is and telling me very strange stories that they've heard stories that they've heard that seem to be in all the way from cloud cuckoo land so i'll like, reveal a couple of those as the show goes on but um uh yes i'm uh, uh i did my fine bat me fine me fine bot i did my fan bite and um have since become slightly less angry as a consequence it was quite therapeutic by the sounds of it, it. was it i expunged the inner mm. deep you were you were proper angry i liked it it was good yeah just yeah, think, what nice. you, would, it, would, would, you, would it have been worse had you had been there? Oh, definitely. Mm. Definitely. Definitely, because I would have had the awful journey back. And also, we'd have been abused and something would have happened. I'd have probably been, you know, pinned against a wall by somebody. I don't know. By a, by a whippet, maybe. Yeah, probably a whippet. Yeah. Uh, savaged by a whippet. Yeah, savaged by a. Savaged by a. Um, uh, An uh, Eccles some, cake. Somebody saying Sithy. Sithy. I'll Sithy. Uh, mate, who have we got on the show tonight? We only have but one guest in the we new Fangled Fancast. He's, he's a terrific guest. He is. He's a fantastic guest. He's a lovely, lovely man. He's uh, a terrific writer. He's um, he's a prolific writer. He's great, uh, great knowledge on the club. And he, of course, is the phenomenal Marco Worrell. Buonasera. Hello. Uh, JK, buonasera, Gigi. Hello, my friend. It's really good to see you. It just—it seems only like yesterday that we had you on for the that fifty years show that I still haven't published yet, by the way. Um, oh, really? And yet, it's weeks ago, mate. Doesn't time fly when you're following Chelsea? Ah, oh, it is indeed. Flies like a bird in the sky. Indeed. In the sky, indeed. Oh, that's um, that's um, um, uh, the honey honey bus. Yes, isn't it? Flies like a bird in the sky, and it okay. was a, an advertisement for something as well, wasn't it? I can't there you go, knowledge. That's that's beaten me. I have no idea what on earth these boys are talking about. So I'm just going to get on with the show, I think. And on the show tonight, in part one, we run the rule over the team selection. We despair at being outrun, outfought, and outcoached. We fume at the Mendy disaster class and another Achilles heel, self set pieces, and ask. Is there any sympathy for Cooley Bally? In part two, like a broken record, we discuss failing to finish. Uh, we discuss Conor Gallagher's debut. We ponder Tuchel's system malfunction, his post-match comments and new contract. And we ask, is transition a valid argument? And will new players coming in or losing more dead weight help? And in part three... Uh, we have some cracking emails to read out, as always. So there you go. Now, as ever, don't forget, you can listen to the show live, live. every Monday at 7pm by going to Mixler, which you can find at mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast, where, of course, you can join in the chat uh, with lots of lovely people who post on the uh, the chat thing box and there's lots of lovely people in there planet earth is blue the lovely eddie mac b-a-w-a also mr mark Meehan, in fact uh we've got carefree and yuki darren's gas danny francisco bob oozery the lovely bob oozery this is my favorite so far this is a new one i wondered if maybe it was the man himself but i feel it is not this one is called jk's left bollock there is somebody in mixler yeah I did mention it the other yes. day, though, didn't I, Chidge? I think that's fair you enough. You did indeed. 
yeah. Dennis Freddell, lovely. Paul Burgess, electric blue, 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 electric blue. That's the colour of my poo, as we all used to sing to the wonderful David Bowie song. Rob Coombe uh, and so many more. Oh, yeah, and Pierre's there. Now, Pierre, or keep the blue flag flying in North, had to watch the Leeds match in a pub in Yorkshire with no other Chelsea fans. And he survived. He did well. He did well. And Mark, Mark Meehan, because Mark is brainiac, has said nimble bread chidge. That was the advert that JK was referring to. Yes, well Jones. done. Well done, nimble. Jones. Absolutely well done. Yeah. Where would we be without Mark Meehan and Mixler? So there you go. If you want to join those boys and uh, and post lots of things on there, they just have a chat with each other, really, for a couple of hours and ignore us, which is a very sensible thing to do. Now, if you want to get hold of us any other time, of course, it's easy. Just at Chelsea Fancast on all of the socials. Right. We'll be back in a shake of a lamb's tail to talk about the horribleness of Sunday. Yes, well, uh, uh, yes, where do we start? Well, I, I thought actually it's worth, I, I quite like starting with the team selection. It kind of calms me down in a weird sense, JK. Um, uh, we did, we kind of got, well, I mean, the most the most amazing reveal was the fact that uh, he didn't play Aspie as I suggested he would, which I think is interesting going forwards. It might, maybe fits with your theory. He played Reese James there, which... We'll talk about later, no doubt, but I think wastes James. Uh, he played, therefore, Loftus-Cheek as the right wing back. I mean, OK, they did all right against Spurs when he did that. But the interesting thing was he played uh, Gallagher. He played Gallagher. The other interesting thing is, and I don't believe this for a minute, because Flash Score were taking some very strong acid when they did this team selection because they have it as a 3-5-2 with Loftus-Cheek, Jorginho, Mount Gallagher and Cucurella uh, across the middle, which seriously did not happen at all no 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 mount was further upfield than that um the other interesting thing jk is 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 who was on the bench uh which of course had ramifications later but i thought it was really interesting to see ampadu on the bench trevo chaloba on the bench uh chumbawumba on the bench <laughs> is that what we're going to call him now? Well, we we were going to call him Chuck Carney, weren't we? Because his well, name's we? Carney, Chuck, Chuck Wameka. Yeah. Chuck Morris. Yeah, so there you go. Just call him Chuck. What was that? Well, um, yeah, yeah the Chuck bride of Chucky. Chucky, yeah, Chucky. I like that. We'll call him Chucky. Anyway, so Ampadu, Chaloba, Chucky, hudson Doy, Pulisic and Ziyech were all on the bench. But I thought it was really interesting to see, to see Chucky and Chaloba and Ampadu on there. I'd have been more interested to see them get a chance to come on, unlike uh, Pulisic and Ziyech. But I thought that was interesting. So what did you think of t- team selection, JK? Can we tell, Oakshidge, if anybody's on the bench, given that Zayek apparently immediately after the game flew to Ajax to uh, to negotiate? It was, it was certainly quicker than anything he did on the pitch. It, well, to be fair, I think the last thing we'll remember him is a rather exotic uh, um, volley from the edge of the area that uh, rather typically hit Havertz in the midriff, who was offside. 
and it was goal bound. You know, you just thought, well, that's sort of typical, isn't it? It really? was um, one of those days, really. Wasn't it, it was one of those days. Um, and I, 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 on reflection, I mean, what does he do? He, he you know, he he tries to give um, uh, Gallagher Gallagher a go in the. But we're gonna. I want to talk about Gallagher. Gallagher oh, in get on too, the, you've yeah. asked me about the. You've asked me about the team selection. I did. Yes. That's very true. I, 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 so, I, hang on, hang on. I'm hanging. What's happened? I'm doing it in the style of mime. JK, I, sh I zipped my mouth shut in embarrassment. At, uh, oh, I see. Okay, right, right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. No, you were obscured by by a little Sorry. document. Oh, I'm on, I've got, yeah, yeah. So, so, so um, but um, I think um, after the brilliance of the of last week's performance, uh, I think it was fair enough to have a go at doing that. He's obviously been practicing that. I think what we discovered, though, that it doesn't work having cheek at right wing back. Um, but it, 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 the the whole game is 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 the whole selection is and the whole the whole way we played the game is is was predicted by uh, Tuchel in the press conference. He said they will press and they will press and they will press and they will run, they will run, and we will make mistakes. So it was like a, the first few minutes were like a containing setup for me. And I thought from a from a, um, a, a team selection. Why not go with the team that had played so brilliantly against Spurs? We were brilliant against against Tottenham and Cheek played out of his skin. However, on reflection, it's a completely different set of of um, uh, performances because we played against Spurs in the way that Leeds played against us. And um, uh, we were all on top of them all the time and prevented them from playing and yet failed to score. Whereas in this instance, um, I, I will get onto this. I'm, I'm, I'm slightly going ahead of myself, but I will pre predict here that if it hadn't been for Mandy's error, we'd have held out and the game would have been absolutely, completely different. And we wouldn't have been torn apart by the media. The media, of course, pay no attention well, to what's you know what? been going so, on I'm, in the game. I'm not, yeah, I'm not so sure about that. I think, I think Man City and, and Newcastle or Newcastle did us a huge favour yesterday because by the evening, everybody was talking about that game, and they'd completely forgotten about us. us that's well, no, just... no, other than on Match of the Day. When I didn't bother watching they... that. Funnily well, enough, no. The, the, the trouble with Match of the Day is they just get hold of an idea and go with it. Which was... what was their idea? Leeds were wonderful, and we were shit. No, oh, I think you that's know. a pretty good reflection. To no, no, be no, honest, but I don't. I don't think it is a good reflection because, um, I, you know, I keep going on about this. If, if. If Sterling, who uh, was brilliant at the very beginning in the first 40 seconds, and they're brilliant a few couple of other times, had actually got the ball in the net instead of trying to curl the fucker into the corner, which was just so annoying because he was he could just have hit the tar anywhere on the target. He was so had so much room. The game would have been absolutely no. different. Well, I, I, I do. And I, I often say that I've even said it mm -hmm. somewhere in the in the notes. Marco, I mean, I, a note that I made early on, you know, watching it on my sofa Leeds buzzing around us like angry hornets for 20 minutes and pressing uh, which uh, if, and pressing us into mistakes, not giving us time on the ball, hence losing possession and setting up attacking opportunities uh, for Leeds uh, who were getting a lot of numbers up front quickly. I mean, that that was the, you know, for me, most of the game, quite honestly. I mean, I don't think that really changed for much of the game. And I think it's really interesting, isn't it? You know, I mean, I, I do uh, sometimes bother to, to to take in what what one sees on social media and one of the criticisms that people like mason mount often get from the retards who can't stand him is that and, and Werner actually too bless him is all they do is run around all they do is run it's got a team full of roadmen a team full of runners that's all they do 
Well, mm. we were beaten 3-0 yesterday by a team who outran us by 10 kilometres. So maybe running isn't such a bad thing after all. I think you need to know where you're running and, you know... Nowhere to run to... I thought we looked a bit milky yesterday, do you know what I mean? No fight. We looked soft through the middle. I, I mean, I, I was worried from the outset that we looked a bit soft through the middle. But, um, you know, to a man, Leeds were up for it and Chelsea were playing, just lacked cohesion right across the park. And it just, I would endorse... JK's comment there um, regarding the the goalkeeping error that sort of handed them the opener. I think if we we kind of you sort of see this in quite a few games, don't you? In cup ties where the um, the underdog runs uh, runs the home, runs the favourite ragged for twenty minutes and then gradually um, talent and uh, sophistication. Uh, shine through and and you know the underdogs overpowered and i kind of i kind of think that potentially would have happened yesterday if we if we'd taken the chance and not gifted them um a, a, a goal to start with that said um you know they were at it for 90 minutes and that was the difference ultimately um and, and for that, you know, there's no excuse. I mean, right across the Chelsea team, you know, you, you, if you were looking at Cucurella yesterday, you could probably say, yeah, I can totally understand why Manchester City didn't want to pay more than <laughs> 40 million for him because I wouldn't have paid 40 pence for him on, on yesterday's showing. Um, you know, Koulibaly, what was going on there? Yeah. You know, the team just were not playing as a team, in my opinion. Well, I think they, they were um, they were rattled. I mean, you know, Tuchel said that we said we mentioned this on Friday in, in his presser. He did say, look, you know, when you play a team like Leeds and Southampton and a couple of other teams in the Premier League, you know, this is what they do. They they will they will you know press and press and press you, and it will it will make you make mistakes and it will knock you off your game. And I and I think. I think Chelsea were, were as I think you're right, Marco. I mean, okay, we may have been a bit milky, but I think they were rattled by it. They were rattled by it, and I mean, I get it. You know, if you've got no respite, no time on the ball, you know, it, it's going to do that. But I, I, what disappoints me is that you know we've got some really experienced players out there who should know how to how to deal with that. You know. Um, disrupt the play, you know, go down easily, be Mourinho-esque about it. There, there are ways you can do this, J.K., aren't there? But also be the, the quick ball to the wingers. Well, absolutely. Um, which, which, because the press is so high, you just float one over the back and then run accordingly, and you then use your pace. And we did a few of those, but, which, but once again, you know, you need you need the strikers to be in in control of the situation. And I'm afraid I don't think the the three that he's chosen. I mean, I, I, I you know, kudos None to Mount. Strikers. Mount. No, Mount never stopped running. I mean, fantastic. I, I, once again, um, but um, Sterling seems to be slightly out of his, not out of his depth. He's just not in a position where I think he's normally used to putting somebody in like a pro- proper striker. And yet, had you know, if the unfortunate offside goal. If he, if the guy hadn't moved up, it was a very quick moment because. Cucurella had floated the ball in. It came straight back to Cucurella, who hit it immediately. And and Sterling was just slightly on his heels. 
Otherwise, if he'd, if he'd been more together, he'd have sprinted forwards. Then the ball would have gone over his head and he wouldn't have been offside. He'd have scored. And once again, no, I'm, I'm, I don't so want to It would have been with, a superb goal to put it, it away it really well. I don't, to, I don't want to deal with... But he's got that potential. Mm. But Havertz is just... The silky German is not silky at the moment. He's... Yeah. Uh, Stodgy, be, the stodgy yeah. German. Yeah, he's um, he's really. Sour's ear. Yeah, yeah. No, I think maybe what we should call him is the no, no, the sour crowd. Oh, oh, Chidge, you are on fire. Indeed, oh, indeed. Um, listen, one other thing occurred to me, Marco. I mean, I think, I think you know, all of us, particularly you know, people of our our age, are going to be royally pissed off with that because. We don't like losing to Leeds, you know. It's, oh. it, it's it, they're a very old rival, but I, there's no need need for us to really, you know, throw our toys out the pram and get our knickers in a twist because this is the third game of the season. And okay, maybe maybe the Spurs game was a bit of a, an outlier. And we've been saying all all season that their preseason was absolutely shite. That tour to America probably did far more harm than good in terms of preparing them for the Premier League and getting them fit. Uh. So to play a team that outran them by 10k, you know they were they were done by a team who are much fitter than they are at this time of the season. I think so. In a sense, no surprise. No, not at all. Um, I, but it's it's that shouldn't be the case, though, should it? Well, it, it what, is. What so is why the, why is it then? Why is it the case? Well, no. What I'm saying is though, it's it's not as if these these players. Have have any valid excuse um, at Chelsea for not being as fit as the opposition? You know, they're, they're the professionals on 150, 200 grand a week. What are they playing at? Well, I don't you think know, it's they... a question of them them going. Oh, you know what? I'm going to long off the gym today because you you and I know we're talking about elite sportsmen here, and they have you know very serious programs which they put in place to get these guys fit. I mean, I would suggest that they should spend less time focusing on the fucking brand and making money and marketing to the States and actually getting the team fit enough to compete in the Premier League from the well, word go. I, I, I agree. That's, I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of my point. There's no, there's no valid excuse um, to, to not be able to compete. Uh, also, from a, from a kind of a mentality perspective, you know, the... the the, this fixture is steeped in tradition of um, giving it 110% everything that you've got um, because it matters. Uh, and we, we kind of saw that against Tottenham last week. So I, I, I don't know why, um, you know, obviously minus Kante, what, why why there was this vault Thatcher mm. um this time around but it just just didn't look good you know out 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 muscled outrun out thought tactically there was just nothing there you know and if i'm sorry if pulisic and zh are the answer what is the question you know so it was kind of like whichever way you look at it the the, the component elements of that chelsea performance yesterday not one of them tick tick the boxes that it should be ticking, and you know, okay. So we have a, we have a couple of shit results every season, even when we win the Champions League, the league, whatever. Um, so maybe that was it yesterday. Mm-hmm. But but I but the flip side of that is I'd, I'd be alarmed 
Um, yeah, fortunately, we're playing Leicester next game, who are completely all at sea. Uh, and then Southampton, who are probably the biggest Jekyll and Hyde team in the Premier League, um, maybe alongside Chelsea. So I'm not I'm not as alarmed as no. some of the people spouting opinions on social media no. are, that that you know this is a catastrophe. Um, but it wasn't good, and you know. Koulibaly looked like a player that we should have signed the first time around, not eight years after well, we should have signed him. I think that's you a know, good point. That's a good point. I mean, look, you know, for all, I think, I, I, I mean, I totally agree with everything you said there. Much was said the same in JK's fan bite, of course. But I go back to your original point, JK, because I completely agree with that. And I, and I agree with Tuchel to a, to a degree. Um, it was his other points that I disagreed with. But, you know, if Mendy doesn't have that brain fart, um, the the whole game is very different. I think if you see that out and then you nick a goal, it's a very, very different game. What is going on? I mean, I love Mendy. I think, I mean, you know, I think with goalkeepers, you always have to be a bit careful because it's easier to remember the brain farts like that. And he has had a few of them, to be fair. Obviously, Real Madrid last season, there's been another couple as well. I can't remember the games now. Hammers, but Hammers against Hammers. Yeah, he's, he's had a few absolute you know brain fart moments but it's easier to remember those than it is to forget the number of saves he makes to to keep us in games and he's made a lot of those he's already made a few this season so you know it's really annoying I'm sure it pissed him off and the whole team and Tuchel but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go you know get down I almost said go down on him then I think he'd be lucky uh but anyway you know I don't want to be too downhearted about him because I think you know, he's, he's he's kept us in more games and he's, you know, had brain farts. But it, I just wonder about the effect it has on the team. And, of course, that it really G'd their crowd up, which wasn't going to help as well, JK. Um, yeah, there were I just there was some just some strange things went on, weren't there, with the why did did Sterling trip the guy up on the edge of the area? Well, I'm not even sure it was a foul. And actually, I'm watching on the telly on commentary. They weren't sure either, and they couldn't they understand. We, he, in fact, thought that he'd given him a yellow for for simulation, didn't yeah. he? The guy on, on commentary, um, it, whatever it. But if it was a, it looked as if he chipped him. But nonetheless, you think, what on earth was Sterling doing, doing that? Um, uh, yeah, but it, it. And then uh, you know, it was a terrific free kick, and you wonder what's happening at the moment with our set pieces. Because well, Anthony, what's his name? Barry, Anthony Barry. Yeah. You were not happy with him in your fan bite, mate. Well, I mean, sorted out, you said. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> we just have we have kind of innocuous, kind of floaty things that are headed away, and each time we play against a team that whips something in really quite competently, and somebody has the the eagerness oh, to get to the ball first. Do you know what? You know, you know, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank in in uh, on the well, in the analysis, as you will remember. He said that, it, I mean, I think it, personally it was a really, really good goal. It was a beautifully uh, yeah, put in free kick. Yeah, yeah, Great yeah, header yeah. by Rodrigo. Yeah, but yeah. he said, you know, Gallagher wasn't on it. He was too too far away from Rodrigo. And he no, but it was it. also, it was, um, was Reese as and well. Reece didn't, yeah, Reece, both and of them. Thiago, Thiago looked at them both in, in despair. Yeah. Um, an interesting point, I just like to, an interesting point, I think it's interesting. What I, we're not seeing Thiago's inv- uh, being involved as much since we, Koulibaly played. Well, I don't know. I think we I think I, we did against Everton when he was man of the match and we did against No, no, Spurs. we did then, but I haven't seen, I just, I'm not, he did a wonderful back heel that would be a superb um, 
um, Guinness moment because it was just uh, um, very amusing at the same time as he looked as if he's about to pass the ball back to the goalkeeper, back to Mendy, and then just just backheeled it the other way and gave himself masses of space. I'm just I'm not seeing him be as prominent. I just wonder whether I think players are being slightly targeted. I felt that uh, that Gallagher, that, that while there was this big hole in the midfield in particular, Gallagher was very very was challenged very hard on they about. They really got four. into him, didn't they? They really got into him. They really went for him. And a couple of times completely illegally. Oh, and, yeah. And what that, what happened? No re- nothing, no yellow cards for them. The minute we do anything Yellow Nothing. card. Atwell. To be, another well, to, be, to, to be fair to Atwell, if 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 Koulibaly, if he pulls somebody back, it's a yellow. No, no, no. Uh, I'm not, not. I want to get into the. Actually, let's get into it now. I mean, I don't have any sympathy. Well, I, you know, Reese James did the same thing against Spurs, and we all go, yeah, you had to do it. You know, it was a goal, possible goal scoring chance. You got to take one for the team, and he, in a in a sense, he did that for the first one. Although really, he did it because he was just done. The second one. It's just stupid because he did exactly the same thing as he did for the first yellow card. So in his head, which bit of his head didn't think he was going to get another yellow card and get sent off? Yeah, and also it wasn't as as serious a situation as well. The guy was just getting past him, but I wasn't. Yeah, I agree completely. It was... It was utterly stupid. It was just, it was just brainless. Marco, you, you, I, I, I sensed from a comment or two you made earlier that you were not particularly happy with the, uh, the, the, the Neapolitan legend that is Cooley Bally. No, it's mildly amusing. Is I submitted my CFC UK article because um, I've been away this week. I, I Always sub- wait till after the game, mate. Always. No, no. Well, I submitted it after the Tottenham game because I was away uh, last week. And and in it, it the, the the title of my um, my article in 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 at Napoli the the tifosi there they they call Koulibaly il muro blu, um, which means the blue wall. Um, so in my article, I I'm extolling the virtues of the blue wall, um, and people reading this uh, when this edition is published will laugh heartily. <laughs> And say, but did you not watch the Leeds game? <laughs> I think there's there's a red hole in the blue wall, mate. Yeah. That's the trouble. Well, I just think, you know, do you know what? Our, our, our centre backs look pretty much what they are yesterday. Geriatric, mm. two thirds of them anyway. Um, it's, it's just unfortunate, you know. Uh, I, I just think, and it was interesting because I was in the car yesterday uh, after the game. Uh, listening, there was a quite a lengthy interview with Jesse March, um, just basically saying what it means to him to be that what a privilege it is to him to be the coach of Leeds United and, and how he understands the culture of the club and the significance of this particular fixture and all all of those things and um, and and then there was an interview with Rodrigo who I thought was excellent. Um, as well as scoring, you know, and they were just bang up for it. It's just like a completely different mindset that um, I'm just not seeing at Chelsea full stop at the moment. And I don't know whether that's because there's an undercurrent of um, uncertainty and there's players clearly angling for a move away. You know, and we saw that stuff, I don't know, Pulisic's dad, liking some some tweet that was 
um, denouncing Tuchel's team selection. All of these things could be nothing, of course, but um, you you kind of just think, mm, I'll, I'll just wonder, you know, what is, I mean, obviously it's been a colossal amount of um, stuff to deal with for Tuchel in terms of the ownership change, in terms of getting saddled with, you know, sounding players out for transfers and jettisoning players that um, he wants to jettison but are still at the club. Uh, so I just wonder if all of that is just too much maybe for Tuchel to deal with. Maybe Bowley doesn't really have a fix on how football works. Maybe half the dressing room, you know, that don't want to be there are just creating ructions. Uh, it just it just feels a bit all a bit messy at the moment. It does. Uh, well, hope- the, the corollary of that, of course, is is what Tuchel did when he came in, and then when we won the Champions League, and he was we hard we hardly uh, you know bought anybody, and he was kind of happy with that. I mean, I know we got Lukaku in, but you know he he was all very much of a mindset of I'm creating a family here. There's a bond between everybody. It's a great team ethic here. You know, which I I fully believe that he he subscribes to, and suddenly you've got chaos. You've had you had you had chaos. You had chaos uh, when the sanctions came in. You had chaos during the bidding process, and now you've got chaos because of the takeover. And now you've got chaos in the transfer market because they're trying to bring so many players and then get rid of so many others. And the one thing we all know as human beings that have been on the planet for a long time. People hate change and they hate uncertainty. And you've got a ton of it swarming around Chelsea at the moment. And I, I'm with you, Marco. I think that's possibly contributing to a lot of the unease at the club at the moment. You know, I think that's an absolute an absolute uh, doozy, as they say, JK. It, might be, it must be difficult for him if he's trying to think of, of team selection and he's not sure whether somebody's going to be whisked off on loan the following week, you know, or he's made a decision not to play anybody anymore. Um, I mean, it's like, sorry to interrupt. Get in there, get in there, get in there. I don't know, but the point you made earlier about ZH um, jetting off to to Amsterdam, you know, presumably to talk to Ajax as opposed to have a funny fag, um, (laughs) you know, it's kind of like, why play him then? What was, what was the, what was the reasoning behind that? Why not, why not play somebody who actually, you know, wants to play for Chelsea Football Club who would be committed and want to make a difference. I, you know, stuff like that. So I just find, really, it's just a bit bizarre. I to be honest. It's questionable. I mean, I, I, you wonder whether, because they know that everybody is leaving, whether it just means everybody is doubtful as to whether they'll continue being a Chelsea player. And it, it's making them not committed. You wonder whether it's that. You know, the fact that Emerson is supposedly joining West Ham this evening. Well, I mean, Ray, but is it actually happening? You know, did, in fact, did um, Zayek, in fact, go to Amsterdam? Or was that just a, a story? You know, I, I, I questioned it and was stamped down on, on Twitter for daring to, to voice... Wasn't true. Yeah, possibility that it wasn't true. I was told today that uh, by a, a source that um, uh, um, Hudson Adoy was seen at Farnborough Airport going off somewhere, and he was supposed to be training. 
And they said, and Tuchel was there too and told him and said, why are you here and not at the training ground? And I said, hang on a second, that story doesn't make any sense at all. Why would Tuchel be following a doy to Farnborough Airport? And they said, well, perhaps he was going off on a scouting mission. No, he was training. It doesn't make any sense, this story. And he said, ah, I was told this by no, it was a, it was somebody, top, an ex-vice president of the club. I said, that's somebody just completely winding you up. Uh, so it was, it was me, it of- was me, JK, because I was near Farnborough Airport today and I can <laughs> yeah. confirm. Confirm that, yeah. Well, but it actually, that, they, they were Who both there. They were it was both Tuchel. There. It was Tuchel going off to have an interview over another job, wasn't it? Yes, that's yeah. right. Well, no, I think he was there to pick up a new BMW like me. Of course he was. You know, he's a good, course, lo- no, he's a good loyal I mean, the- German. We're, we're in such a kind of world of of uh, uncertainty over all the players. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually pleased to an extent that some of this, these well, people have been... I want to uh, get on I want to get onto that in a bit more detail. I tell you what, I've got this brilliant, brilliant tweet. Uh, I don't often... I don't often remember the tweets I steal, to be fair. So <laughs> this one I've actually copied in the name as well. Uh, it's, from, it's from Rotterdam Chels. Talking of... Uh, well, it's close, isn't it? Amsterdam... Uh, and I think he nails it. This is this is this could be a, a, a short fan by in his own way. So we see it every other week in the Prem. Every northern shit team struggling for points knows they just need to press us for ninety minutes, stick someone on Jorginho, and close Mendy down, and you'll get a result. It's so predictable. I'll tell you what is, else is predictable. It's the forthcoming publication of a new edition of CFC UK. Now Marco's already teased us all with the fact that he's uh, penned a, 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 an article on Koulibaly, the what what do they call him the uh the il muro blue il muro blue yeah so there you go um i haven't written mine yet in true chidge style i've promised uh, our dear leader that it will be done after this here show which it will uh and it will be on banners as i as i telegraphed the other week marco um, I, I remember having a, a chat with you last time we met, actually. How long have you been writing for the fanzine now? Oh, um, I think I started around 2005, something like that. Yeah, I, I, I first saw, I, I first got chatting to Dave when um, Overland and Sea was published, which was... 2004 and he asked me to write for it sort of around that time so some sometime in the 2004-05 season I think it's a good while it's a good while I think I, I started a few years later about 2008 maybe uh, coinciding with this shambles of a show I think but there you go anyway uh, it's out again or it will be I think it's for the Leicester game we'll have it out for the Leicester game next edition yeah, I think he was trying to get it out for Southampton. Uh, it, you're right. It's it'll be out for Southampton. Yeah. So uh, yeah. the following, so week tomorrow, week on Tuesday. So if you're at the Southampton game, I will be there. Are you going to that one, Marco? Um, probably, yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah. I'll see you for a swift half somewhere before we we, yeah. we shall liaise because I, I I've taken uh, I've cancelled my clients for early evening so I can get there. Right, and then the 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 day after, Chelsea are playing at Sutton United in the. EFL Cup. Are they? Wow. Whatever it's called. Local for you, but not for me. The Papa John's Trophy. Papa John's. Papa John's. Well, there we go. That's good prep, really, because Southampton fans will be singing Papa John's Trophy. You'll never sing that. that. Yeah, bless them. Maybe we will. Maybe that's the only trophy we'll win this Maybe we will win it. Is that the development squad? Is that the. Yeah. 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 
Anyway, uh, the new edition of CFC UK, which Marco has written an article on Cooley Bally, and I'm about to do one on Banners, will be available for the Southampton away game. When it's So the next time it'll be available uh, for you lot who are turning up at Stamford Bridge will be the West Ham game the following Saturday at the stall where you will see Marco. What happens if they come and see you at the stall, Marco? They can cross my palm with a one-pound coin and receive a pristine copy of CFC UK. And if it rains, you can buy two, staple them together and use them as a rain hat. Or you can roll them together and then you've got a Chelsea brick or something like that. Indeed. Indeed. So there you go. So and Marco uh, is always at the stall. I mean, if you if you, if you you don't know many people at Chelsea, actually, this is a good point to mention this, actually, because I know I was doing a bit of kind of reading through the old emails about people who are coming over, wanting tickets and stuff. If if you don't know anybody, because, you, you you know, you haven't been to Chelsea before or whatever, and, and you want to speak to a friendly face, I tell you what, you can do a lot worse than pop over to the stall on a, on a match day because you'll always get a warm welcome from people like Marco, Dave's often around, I'm often there. Lo- loads of people that you know and have heard of will be around there, and everybody's very friendly, so go and say hello. If you don't know anybody, go and say hello. You'll get a warm welcome on a match day. And of course, while you're there, pick up a copy of CFC UK, and even better, buy one of the great books that Mark publishes through Gate 17. So there you go. It's opposite Fulham Broadway Tube. Can't miss it. Now, if you can't make it for any chance, no problem. All you have to do is email fanzine at cfcuk.net and you can get a subscription to every single copy that's produced this year in a proper, real, hard, tangible format. Uh, 18 quid uh, in the UK, 40 quid in Europe, 56 for the rest of the world. Alternatively, you can get it as a digital copy, as a PDF, and for that you will pay six quid for a year's subscription or one pound each copy. And you can pay this via PayPal to that email address that I mentioned a minute ago, which is fanzine at cfcuk.net. Now, on that mic drop moment, we'll be back in a minute to talk about more Chelsea Leeds horror shows. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> It's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great! Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. 
The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chels. Welcome back. I am Stamford Chidge, of course. This is the Chelsea Fancast, and as ever, I am joined by Jonathan Kidd. Uh, yowza. Yowza. <laughs> yeah. Yowza, yowza, yowza. 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 <laughs> yeah, there's like a sneezing yowza from Marco, who is our other guest on the show tonight. Good to see you, Marco. Buonasera. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a shame we are not talking about a magnificent Chelsea Football Club victory over... Dirty no. United. Do you know what? Having you on the show tonight reminded me of a much better occasion where uh, we we went up to Ellen Road. Sadly, I wasn't there, but it, in a weird sense, it lives long in the memory because everybody I know who went had such a fantastic time. Talking about the 5-1 in the Capital oh, One God, Cup. Yeah. Is that the last yeah. time you went up to Dirty Leeds? It is. I thought it yeah. might have been. 2013. Rafa Benitez was... Uh, I'm pretty certain, was he? On yeah, that? yeah. No, it was Rafa, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was yeah, Rafa. Yeah. Torres played, Mata Five, played. One, even Torres scored. Even Torres scored. Now, um, I, I know because you've told me the stories, um, but there was, the, what was it, the Limoncello or the Carriage J firm was quite uh, interesting. Carriage J firm, yeah. Carriage J. Yeah, yeah, it was, um, I think we got, we, we got the club train for a tenner, which stopped at Wakefield, and we were then put on buses and, effectively kettled into the car park at the by the away turnstiles and that was it <laughs> and then shepherded out after um but yeah no yeah terrific lots of limoncello i i seem to recall was was dry i think didn't, didn't um what's her name lauren lauren foley went didn't she i don't think she'd ever ever done an away to lead yeah. She became a member of the Carriage J firm and uh, yeah. imbibed, imbibed lots of limoncello, which is a good way to go. I think all, all the, all the, it's a bit like, um, well, I don't know if you've ever been to India, but in India, when they have the curfews on on drink, all the all the alcohol is served in teapots, um, and and it was meant to be a dry train, so everybody, I know Barb's Barb's Bellwood, bless her, um, she had she had various. Plastic receptacles ranging from um, uh, shampoo and conditioner bottles to, uh, I don't know, squash bottles, all all filled with um, tipples, uh, which was pretty pretty amusing. I can't remember what... The the limoncello wasn't in a limoncello bottle. Um, I can't remember. It was a long time ago. Yeah, it's great. I was very, very very drunk excellent stuff <laughs> excellent stuff well there you go uh much a ha- much a much happier visit to ellen road of course we kind of almost predicted this on friday because i realized to my horror 
that Chelsea have never in their entire history won back-to-back games at Ellen Road. And of course, we won the last one 3-0. So in a way, way, this was uh, waiting to happen. But uh, if we go back to what Tuchel said, JK, um, it might have been all so different. Uh, And yet again, uh, the chances, stroke half chances we create, do not find the back of the net. Failing to finish, wash, rinse, repeat. Um, I mean, I don't, I'm bored of saying it every flaming week. Um, We need a striker. A goal scorer, or do we need creative midfielders? I mean, what the fuck? I mean, I, I, do, I do feel for, for Tuchel in a way. I mean, I know we criticise, uh, you know, what he does with the strikers and what he does. I mean, you should hear Kerry Dixon on the subject. My God, he, he ripped into it all last week. But I think he just doesn't like the fact that so I think he's a fully paid up member of the number nines union. Yeah, yeah, and there isn't there isn't one. It does exist. So he's spitting feathers about the fact that we don't really play well. I mean, I know I know we we do all of this, but at the end of the day, Tuchel cannot put the ball into the net and we do we do create chances. That's the thing. Do, 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 sorry, sorry to interrupt. Do do we or did we find out the truth about the Lukaku signing? What was that a player did Tuka. I know he obviously he's not going to say I didn't want him, but he, he seemed to be. Um, I, I don't know. Was it a, t- a player Tuka wanted? I think he did. I think. I mean, if he did, uh, yeah. <clears throat> I think. I think he thought that he could manipulate the situation and move him into the system. I think he thought he would work harder for him. And I well, think I mean, there, I, you know, there were flashes with with. Didn't you think there were flashes with Lukaku, like when he came on against Villa? Where you yeah. actually thought you actually thought, well, actually, he's making an effort in this game. He was, but it was so obvious to me that you know it needs to work both ways, doesn't it? If the if the player doesn't then make an effort after he got injured, the injury didn't help him. Very good against the Arsenal at the very beginning, looked like a decent focal point. Um, people are worried about him, so they mark him really, very particularly. They and he seemed to be much quicker as the season went on. And he after he gave the disastrous interview, he. He just seemed not to be interested in making an effort. So yeah. if, if he, if and, and you know, and apparently he was in constant contact, according to if you believe social media, with uh, with um, his mates at Milan, trying to see if he could get, get some good away back. Yeah. So um, yeah. so it may, I, I, you know, I, I I think it was it could have worked, and this is possibly the the problem with um, Czech uh, going if he wanted him to stay because he thought he could have manipulated it. But it was apparent that the, obviously the new owners came in and saw that there was a player who wasn't uh, in any sense interested in playing for the club. So you get rid of them. I, I understand that. But yeah, yeah. but yeah, so I think now he still needs, I think Havertz is playing in the wrong position um, and needs to play behind somebody who's a recognised striker. Or, or off somebody. Oh yeah, off something. He'd be good in a he'd be good in a two, wouldn't he? In yeah, a, in a old fashioned four four two. It would be very interesting to see what happens if they apparently, according to everything taking place, the medical is happening. Boomerang's the, coming, isn't uh, he? Yeah, boom the boomerang. Boomerang's added. coming back. In which case, yeah, coming back. In which My case, boomerang Alba, won't come back. Him, in which case, um, it'll be very interesting to see what evolves. You know, uh, um, so I, I'm. I'm I'm looking forward to this possibility because he seems to me. I mean, I actually I'm sorry to say this suggested last year that he should be a signing for us instead of Lukaku, just because he seems to tick all the boxes. A, he's a mate of he tickles the Tuchel boxes. He, yes, he tickles my boxes. Tickles my left bollock. Funnily enough, um, but uh, <laughs> but um, but for me, because it, it, he you know he, he's a he's very quick, 
very good on the ball, very good at finding half chances, was terrific for Arsenal, scored masses of goals. You think, yeah, this all right, the problem is 33, but if he keeps very fit, and he's a very good focal point, you know, he's, 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 uh, it's what is required. It's more of a Tuchel player to me than Lukaku ever was. So I, I think everything could then actually start working. We have to remember as well that that normally what happens in these situations is you've got Kovacic to come on if, if George or Jorginho starts with Kovacic. Kovacic is injured. You've got two midfield players injured. You've got the alternative. You've got Gallagher playing for the first time ever in a game who uh, potentially I think has got what it takes to be a brilliant Chelsea player. And as we said targeted absolutely the number of really heavy challenges on him they knew it first time he's playing clever clever aspect with the manager but to to to, to talk about what you were quoting from Tuchel I found his interview that he gave uh, I made all those decisions I'm not suggesting I should manage the club I made all oh, those please do please do then we can go that. JK out I'd love it. I'd love oh, it. Hashtag I, JK I, out. Are you, are you JK in or JK out? <laughs> no, I'm JK shaking all about, mate. I'd last. I'd last two minutes. Um, but um, I love the fact that he's saying exactly the same things, which is it's not what ifery. It's the reality of playing in a situation when the opposition goes at you and you have all the chances and you don't put the bloody ball in the net. So if, if we can solve this situation... Well, I, th- I, think, I think also, you know, JK... This, I think there isn't a problem, you know? You know, yeah. Arsenal are, are very much, you know, of this kind of modern ilk, isn't it? So they, they kind of like, you know, pass, 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 pass. You know, try and yeah. walk the ball into the net. So he's used to playing in a system like that. So, you know, it should work with us. Whereas, you know... Lukaku works better with two, like he's proving yeah. back at Inter Milan, or 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 or, or long ball counter attack. But I actually think we'll see Havertz uh, um, improve immensely if he, if the pressure isn't on him to play the lone striker role, even though he has done it on occasions very well, you know. And I I I just it's a it's a kind of mystery to me as to why they're not all why it's not all working because Sterling's well. Top I still think uh, I still I, think I, I, there are shiny sixpence that Havertz is back at back in Germany next. Season. Well, I hope not because I li- uh, I I really do like him. It's I mean there's some really mealy mouth shit going on on Twitter at the moment about well how come Havertz doesn't get any grief? You know he's only only the only thing he's ever done is score a Champions League winner. I, yeah, I well, think. I'm- I read something as a guy said that he's just living off that and he's never done anything. Well, it's since. fucking it's rubbish. rubbish. It's rubbish. Listen, it's rubbish. I still think I still think that half the problem is not moving the ball quickly enough and you know not having you know enough creative and attacking midfielders to link the play. I mean, I mean this actually segues quite nicely into a couple of things: the systemic issue with Tuchel and Conor Gallagher. And you know, I I wasn't sure that he would pick Conor Gallagher uh, uh, on Friday when we did the preview show. To their credit, both JK and Mark did. And lo and behold, he starts. I'm very pleased to see him start because I'm, I really want Conor Gallagher to stay at Chelsea and I want him to succeed. Now, with that all said, he's 22 years old and he was making his debut for a club he desperately wants to do well at. So I think inevitably there was going to be some nerves. I, I did fear for him a lot during the game because, as JK said, he was getting clattered, but he often had two or three Leeds players buzzing around him, no time on the ball. So he did give it away a lot. However, there's a bloke called Statman Dave who I've come up against, funnily enough, when I've done that Radio 5606 gone in 60 seconds thing. Uh, but he does stats for the BBC and Sky. This is what he had to say about Conor Gallagher. 
Connor's game by numbers versus Lee's. Now, I know stats aren't everything. I'm always having a bitch about stats, but so I'm not trying to like both sides here. But 100% aerial duels won, 100% tackle success rate, 73% pass accuracy. That's quite low, really, but not disastrous. 49 touches. That's 41 more than Lukaku in a certain game last season. Six final third passes, five out of seven ground duels won, three interceptions, one key pass. Over and above the stats, I saw two things. I saw I saw him a little bit out of his depth, uh, but I think given the way that Leeds were buzzing around, I'm not surprised. And actually, you know, he was making most Chelsea players look... Uh, they were making most Chelsea players look stupid with lack of time on the ball. What I was really interested by, Marco, was in the second half when he moved him out of the two, but basically just him and Jorginho, and you had three in midfield, and he was much more on the right. And every time that Chelsea attacked... Who was the spare man in the box, unmarked? It was Conor Gallagher. When is the last time we've seen a Chelsea midfield player since Frank Lampard do that regularly? Well, the answer to that is never. And this is my point. We either need midfield players making a run to arrive late in the box to get on the end of something to be that spare man, or we need them to be, you know, linking the play more successfully. And my question to you, because I know, I can just tell that you're both people who love Jimi Hendrix. And he did a wonderful song many moons ago called If Six Was Nine. Well, I've changed that to If Six Was Eight. Can I just do a bit of it? Yeah. Da-da. 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 That's all I'm giving you. Okay, thank you. Uh, anyway, so If Six Was Eight, and I mean, this is the thing with Tuchel. He, he's playing, as he says, by his own omission, two sixes in midfield and why can't he just play one six a defensive midfielder and two eights I think Mount and Gallagher playing in midfield as a th- as a three with whoever he has as the defensive midfielder I think would work very well on the basis that I've I just said and I've been saying for ages and ages Marco trouble is of course I don't think we have a defensive midfielder or a proper six uh really to to, to make that work uh, well I would take issue with that and say that Ethan Ampadu could do that all day long um, if he was entrusted with it. What about Billy Gilmore? Um, well, I don't think Billy's anywhere near the... In Tuchel's eyes, he's not near the the the, the, the squad, I is he? I have no idea so, why. You know, um, so my point, my point is, you know, Tuchel's knocking a lot of square pegs in round holes and it ain't working. Um the Gallagher thing being one. Um, RLC, Ruben and um, Ruben playing right wing back when Reese James is on the pitch is, is madness. Madness. It's a folly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, you know, Connor Gallagher. I don't buy the the inexperienced story. He had a superb. He was Crystal Palace's best player last season, playing in a team that's, you know, on 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 the back foot a lot of the time. Um, you know, and he playing for a great coach um, who was making the best of his attributes, and he was a year younger. Um, Tuchel knows all this. He knows where Gallagher is the best operator. Gallagher only got a game yesterday because Kante was injured um, and Tuchel couldn't figure out a way around 
having that two in the middle. So he stuck Gallagher in there. Um, you know, maybe Ruben could have done a better job in 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 that in that position. But he moved but, him into the midfield, didn't he, Ruben, in the second half at the beginning? He did, yeah, yeah. But but you and know, he had an opportunity to score, and he did that thing that he normally to does. Do, to do that in the second shot, half, yeah. You know, when when you you got all week to think about a game against, um, you know, and look at if you look at Leeds, you know. They lost, they sold their two best players in the summer. They sold Rafina and um, Calvin Phillips. Their two best players. They were their two best players. Brought in some kid, Aronson, who ran Chelsea ragged yesterday, who this guy Jesse Marsh had with him, or he knows him because he's, you know, uh, a, a Yank uh, and all of those things. And then made Rodrigo captain. So, you know, there, there's a coach who's making the best of what he's got, bringing some players in. So it's not it's it's not as if Leeds didn't have, um, you know, a whole host of changes that they've had to contend with um, and a different kind of preparation. So, you know, I love Tuchel. To bits and he he knows exactly what we need blah 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 or, or does he uh, you know and yesterday that starting 11 the in-game management yeah obviously the rug was pulled from under his feet with the mendy idiocy which was redolent of the real madrid game which cost us um potentially staying in the champions league last season um you know or, or it's it's a tricky one, you know, but it, it's tricky to defend Tuchel based on setup and in-game management yes, yesterday, in my opinion. Well, I mean, exactly. I I, I said it in the intro, you know, he, need, he needs to, to sort this out because, I, you know, I, I think what we've really been saying for the last five minutes is that there are too many, you know, square pegs in round holes. Uh, I think that's that's very, very clear. And, I mean, and all this, sorry, and all this six-year contract nonsense is just. Well, it's really, not six; it's up till twenty twenty-six. Oh, I know, but all these long-term contracts that are being bandied about. Is, oh, is right, it, for the players. Well, I, I just, I just, I just worry that you know the new owners are, are trying to apply a template that works in bloody baseball. Um, in a league with no relegation. Well, I know. It, you know, I... I you saying know. we might get relegated, Marco? No, no, not at all. <laughs> but, but I, think, I think... It's like West Ham when they did all those years ago and they were end, ended up with uh, Joe Cole, Frank and all of that lot and they had to get rid of them because they couldn't afford to, to pay them, basically. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, you, you sort of look at... Look, look at what's happened at Manchester United where you've got a scattergun... Um, recruitment, scattergun management hires after Fergie went. You've got owners who, I don't know, are sort of in it for the money. And you kind of wonder where, you know, if if Bowley is spending mega bucks, you know, if he's going to go and spend 85 million on Fafana, um, that's a lot of money that he's spending. He's going to want to return on that investment. And I, I don't think we're going to see this level of investment in every transfer window. 
or, or, or unless like our well, season is doubling price it goes absolutely against what i wrote about for football.london in one of my last pieces for them which is that you know look <clears throat> um Klopp and a uh, Klopp at Liverpool, Pep Guardiola at City, basically in the time it took them to to win the Premier League and the Champions League, so three, four, five years, whatever it was, had completely changed their entire team. They had maybe two or three players that they inherited still playing in their first team. So they had brought in and got rid of about 15 to 20 players in reality, but they did it over a period of time. And they clearly targeted who they wanted. I mean, we all know Liverpool wanted Van Dijk and that kind of thing. But they decided who they wanted. They said, well, it's going to take us three or four years. And they were patient. And then they did it and they got their man. What worries me at the moment is that Bowley's kind of taking an, an Abramovich light or Abramovich Mark II uh, kind of strategy here. Let's buy loads and loads of players, spunk loads of money up the wall. And of course, we know... That 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 iteration of Roman actually always carried on, and the answer was always, "Oh, let's just buy more players," and we mm. ended up with players who were shit, and if we can't get rid of still J.K. Yeah, but he hasn't bought masses of players. Chich. He's bought He's three. Bought, bought three, and uh, one's Koulibaly, who's you know by reputation should be better than he was yesterday. Well, if we get if we get Fafana and Ab- 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 Boomerang, then that's five. That's quite a lot of. That's half a team in one summer. Plus, but, but, but to justify this, what they failed to do last year was to get rid of any of the others. He's already got rid of Werner. He's about to get rid of Zayic. He's about to get rid of Emerson, and and he's uh, and some of these others are going to be uh, possibly sold off. So the the money will be made up. It's not. As I'm if not worried about. I don't, I'm not worried about I, the money. I'm, do you know what? I couldn't give a shit about the money. It's not mine. I don't care. Okay, but it, I but I think- care about. The the fact that the, this, I mean we're kind of linking all of the last four or five points in this part together, but that's I don't mind that. The problem that I have is that whatever way you look at it, when you get five maybe more players coming into a site, we've seen it all the time in in you know historically, it's actually quite disruptive and it takes time for that to bed in. You know, it doesn't it doesn't work and gel immediately. But don't, don't you think though that we've seen lots of these players be average and we're, we're actually pleading you know Werner for example did not come up to expectation so I, I'm I'm happy that he's gone if he if they to ask Tuchel what he who what who are the players he thinks are not good enough for his vision and slowly but surely they go well that's exactly what we've been asking for the last yeah last and, and, and maybe year. maybe I'm being stupid instead of saying I mean, I'm kind of saying, well, that needs to happen over three years' time and be patient. Sure. And you're saying, well, he's doing it in one transfer window. So what you what you're bitching about? Yeah, so what's the problem? And actually, yeah. you know, I I agree with you in a sense, mate. You've got a really good point there. I tell you what, though, uh, what 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 really does frustrate me is this. You know, I'm I'm fed up to the back teeth at the moment with how the whole system, this three four three system, is dictated by you know, fr- frankly, making up for Jorginho's shortcomings. I mean, the, I mean, we he came off uh, against Leeds, but you know, either either you play him as a defensive midfielder or a proper number six, right? And he either can cut it or he doesn't. But why have why do you have to play everybody else out of position to to accommodate him? It's really well, beginning to fuck me off. No, either agree, either I, he can be a defensive midfielder for Chelsea or he can't. In which case, go and fucking buy a decent one. I don't think he should have been playing yesterday. If he wouldn't have played yesterday, if Kovacic had been playing. 
they they were stuck. How how often have both Kovacic and Kante been injured? Well, I suppose you could say too quite many times. Well, that's my Give point. You know, we got Jorginho. Yeah. Our, nom- our nominal number sixes, right? Are Jorginho, Kante, and Kovacic. Ka- Kovacic is is perennially injured at the moment. Kante is perennially injured at the moment. And J five, I don't think, is a bona fide you know number six. I really don't see it. He Not never in the works Premier League. when we're pressed. It never works no. with him when we're pressed. When we're, when we're playing against shit teams, he's an absolute yeah. maestro. Yeah, and, and I mean, look, I'm not trying to be down on him. I, I, I quite like Jorginho, as, as I've said many, many times. But, you know, I, I think a lot of Premier League matches, we suffer because of that. And also, we move the ball too slowly. So get a proper number fucking six, because Jorginho, whether you love him or hate him, is over 30. He's not going to last forever. Kante's over 30 and is injured all the time. Kovacic is not over 30, I don't think, but is injured all the time. So, you know, the whole system is built around this and the bloody wingbacks, you know, to accommodate it. And I don't think it's working. I think people have worked it out. It's not working. And we're ending up playing too many players in the wrong position. Conor Gallagher, I don't think, is a number six. You know, I think Conor Gallagher's, you know, the right of a three. That's his best position. I don't think Mount is really, doesn't, I don't think he belongs in the front three. I just don't see it myself, you know. I think he, would... he works very well, doesn't he? Playing off, it was off Chilwell before in the in the left hand yeah. corner, passing the ball around and getting the ball to the wing. Yeah, um, I have to say, I thought Chilwell came on and played pretty well. By the way, when he did mm. come on, yeah, yeah, I don't really think he had a lot of time. So you know, there's a lot of systemic issues there, Marco. I mean, I don't want to get all kind of technical and tactical about it all, but it's frustrating when we see a lot. For me, that we see a lot of the, I mean. Either buy somebody in that position, or as you said, you know, I, I, I cannot for the life of me understand why he doesn't rate Billy Gilmore. And, I mean, Ampadu, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I think when he first broke through, he had all the potential to play in that kind of a role. He's clearly still around, you know. He's not been shipped out anywhere, So, and he was on the bench yesterday. But, I mean, we need to see if these players can do it or not. And if not, we need to get somebody in who could. Well, I, th- I think I think we've now seen we've seen enough, haven't we? Even sort of some of the performances towards the end of last season, um, we've seen enough to know that. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, everything just goes back to Tuchel, doesn't it? You can you can only blame the players that you've got um, for 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 so much. If you play players in the wrong positions. Whose fault is that? It's the managers. You know, yeah, you can change it halfway through, but, you know, if if, if the the horse has bolted and the gate shut again, it's not really going to do you any favours. So that's where my my concern is, you know, we're loading up with players. um, We're not there tactically. I I think we're now going to, we're now entering a run of fixtures that Chelsea will probably win. Um, and then we play Liverpool and then we'll see. Um, you know, we're five points off the off the pace. We knew it was a transition season. But I, I don't know. I, I just expected better. I, I expect more from a coach who's meant to be an elite level coach who's who's done great things for Chelsea. Oh. And I think I'm a, you know, and don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm not digging him out. I'm not too shell out or anything um short sighted and hysterical like that. But 
he needs to do better. And I'm sorry. And I know you've got it covered on the, um, you've made some notes there about what he said post-match. Well, I, I, I can't believe what he said, Marco. Well, I mean, well no. And, and that, that is what I'm saying. Because... Well, can I just read it? Can I just read it out to, for those that yeah. don't remember? Is the lack of a striker a problem when you have those half chances? No, no. Do you simply feel Leeds outfought you? No. Uh, and then further on down, can I ask you about Conor Gallagher's full debut today? Better not. It's not the day to talk about individual performances. I think the inference there was he thought he played like shit. Does this highlight the need to get another midfielder? Another midfielder? We have Jorginho, Kante, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Conor Gallagher and Matteo Kovacic. But Kante and Kovacic are injured, aren't they? They're injured. Yes, it's a problem, but they will come back. They've not disappeared. Now, I mean, OK, look, we all know that Kovacic, Kante and, and Jorginho in the right games are, are are really very, very good players. But, you know, and it, maybe he's just like pissed off and he's not giving anything away to the press and he's a bit sour. You can understand that. But I, I, I agree with you, Marco. You know, I think he is one of the best coaches in the world. He's proved it for us. He won the Champions League by being one of the best in the world. I thought what he did last weekend, we were praising him to the hill against Tottenham because he absolutely did a number on Conte, who is also one of the best coaches in the world. So Tuchel, you know, we love Tuchel. On that point about the contract, JK, uh, it was quite pleasing to hear what he was saying. He said, everybody knows I love it here, which is good. You know, and apparently they're talking about extending it to 2026. I'm all in favour of that. And what what I understand about Bowley is that he likes to to do that with his coaches. He's not a, a hire and fire like like Roman was. He likes to give them time. Um, you know, hopefully that will apply because I think if you keep this guy here for a length of time and genuinely get him to mould the side in his image, then we are onto a fucking great thing. Maybe we're just a bit impatient. Maybe we're a bit a fr- bit frustrated. Maybe your point nails it. By in about two weeks' time, when the the transfer window is open, we will know where we are because we'll know who has gone, we will know who has come in, and we will know who has stayed. And then maybe we get some stability until it all goes tits up again in November because we have to fuck off to the World Cup for two months. But well, hey. I think absolutely, I think we're we're panicking too soon. I really do. Yeah. I think we have to see the the the, the fact that he wants to mould the team into his own his own his own uh, image his own view of what he wants them to be and um i mean to answer your question about uh gilmore and ampadu well once again we know if if neither of them is performing well on the training field which we don't have access to he's made a decision hasn't he if yeah. if billy gilmore was somehow spooked by playing at norwich and not playing well enough and not getting into the team um it, it, his whole level of performance may have absolutely gone right down in which case Tuchel doesn't think he's good enough or, to carry, or, or, or he hasn't trained on as the as the old football lags would say. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. he was yeah, only seventeen, eighteen. Indeed, it? some of them play perform wonderfully at that period. You can see so many supposed great players start off very well, and they've got something about them, and then something just disappears, or their confidence goes, or they they're found out, or they're kicked up in the air, or something. I don't, I don't, um, I don't know. I just, but I, I, I don't think we should be. Um, asking for a player who had a, an unbelievably dreadful season at Norwich. Um, he isn't, doesn't have a divine right to get back into the first team on a performance that he made against Everton and a couple of those performances under Frank two and a half years ago. If he's not doing it on the training field, you know, uh, they will, they'll be aware of this. And so they ship him out, you know, regularly. He's not, he, he's aware that, you know, he knows what he comes with. He knows that he's played wonderfully well. He's a Scottish international. And yet if he's not doing it, then they can't 
they can't do anything about it, can they? You know, they can't, Marco. No, no. I was just, I was just gonna. I just noticed Manchester United have taken the lead against Liverpool, yeah. which means Liverpool currently have two points from mm. games. So. I don't know if there's a, a clop out bandwagon starting a <laughs> impatient red rabble. There's uh, a ducal out, isn't there? There's a ducal oh, out. That, but, Is not, there? Yeah. yeah, but it's just absolute errant nonsense. It's all. I know, it's shit, yeah. I know completely. It's bollocks. Social media bollocks. bollocks, isn't it? They were yeah. saying that this was a p- pattern that Frank. This is worse than Frank. You just can't. Oh, yeah, it's just sh- Simon Johnson doing it no favors by making his ten game comparison. You yeah, know, with seven of them coming at the end of last season. It's just rubbish. fucking yeah, stupid. It disappoints me that so many of these really excellent journalists are clearly pushing just to get as many followers as possible yeah, or making right. making stories up. You just absolutely despair the idiocy of it all. I, they, 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 only, they only thrive in, in times of chaos. So if they can engineer chaos... Yes. It's like uh, William Reese Mogg's theory, isn't it? Go and Google it, folks. Google it. Listen, um, you know, we mentioned it subtly a minute or, or, or two ago, Marco. Uh, uh, you know, and I think Tuchel's alluded to it too. We're talking about a transition. JK and I, slightly different views, although I've actually come around to JK's way of thinking. But if you do bring in half a team full of players, Marco, and you get rid of a lot of the dead weight, you're definitely talking about a transition, which whichever way you look at it. So is, a, is that a valid argument? And maybe we need to take that into consideration? Absolutely, yeah. And, it, you know, the, the, not only is it just the teams in transition, the whole club's in transition. Yeah. You know, we've, we, we've gone from, you know, this time last season, nobody knew what was lying ahead. No, nobody, you know, had a, had a, could see Chelsea without... Abramovich, even though there'd been, you know, there, there, there were people there saying maybe a change of owner would be good, blah, blah, blah. But not to have it um, engineered in the way it was. Um, and that, every, you know, all things considered, it's quite amazing, really, that we've gone from sanctions, losing an owner, to having a new owner in... Where are we now? August, May, June, July, August. So four months. There's been all this change, and you know, four, five, six months ago, Chelsea was a completely different football club to the club it is now. Um, there's the, the the changes in the dressing room. So, you know, hopefully, I I, I just I just want to see a change. I, I want to see a learning from what happened yesterday because what happened yesterday has got nothing to do with the change of ownership or may, even the change of players. You know, to my mind, um, it was like, you know, we go a goal down, we let a team swarm all over us. And that is kind of training ground stuff. Shouldn't happen. Should be able to change that straight away. Should be on it and go, hang on a minute. Let's change this because they're all over us. Gallagher's getting swarmed on. You know, let, let's make the those changes after five, ten minutes, not wait till the, the, the game's gone away from us. So all of that kind of stuff, that's what I want to see moving forwards. That that will convince me that, you know, Tuchel's actually on top of this and not thinking, 
well, bollocks, we've lost this game and and I'm going to be really down with the journalists after and give negative answers to everything that, that is going to make people think, you know, does he really give a shit? Um, which, which, you know, obviously you only have to watch what happened on the touchline against Tottenham last weekend to know that, of course, he gives a shit. Yeah, no, absolutely right. And I think... If I was going to sum it all up, which I'm about to, uh, so we can go to a, a final break tonight, <laughs> um, I don't think uh, Leeds didn't need thy father's gun because Chelsea nicked it and shot themselves in, in, in both feet with it, basically, JK. Yeah, yeah. it was, a, it was a, um, an unbelievably intimidating atmosphere, which I think actually got to Mandy. I don't think he... he responded terribly well to have the piss taken out of him um um but yeah yeah the, but i will just go back on what i've said which is that you know if if, if those two main events hadn't happened you know i you you i i, I have a bit of a problem problem as a consequence with mondi now because um uh and i wonder whether they should give kepper a go because uh this just isn't good enough well if you it, merged kepper and mendy so you got like a uh, a Kendi or a Mepper, I don't yeah, know Mep- which. I like Mepper. Actually. Mepper. Like- if we had a Mepper, then you'd actually have a goalkeeper who could save shots and had a big presence in the box, with one who who can actually kick the ball with his feet. Uh, yeah. So, but I'm I'm um, uh, I'm 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 interested the fact that they may have an inkling themselves that he isn't quite up to it by. Uh, the fact that they've got this this American goalkeeper in the wings. Well, we shall see. Hopefully he'll be like Tim Howard. And uh, what was it we used to sing about Tim Howard? We 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 love Tim Howard. Chim chimney, chim chimney, chim chim chiru. We love Tim Howard because he says, fuck you. Remember that? <laughs> no, <I don't. laughs> That's a didn't he? All right. Oh, yeah. Of course he did. Of course yeah. he did. Yeah, anyway, I remember that. Some people yeah. would say that this is a footballing podcast full of Tourette's and they would probably be right. Now, before we go to the break, quick shout out as ever to the Chelsea pitch owners. A marvellous thing for you to own if you want to really support the club. Uh, owning it means that you have a share of the freehold of the stadium. No other supporters in the world have this arrangement. It protects it from being sold to a property developer in the future. Uh, possibly a more realistic um, possibility than we've faced for many a year. Not saying that Todd Bowley's going to sell out, but you're not going to know what's going to come afterwards. And we all thought that Roman was going to be here forever and then his son. So things change. Um, it's only uh, 110 quid or there or thereabouts for an electronic share. You can pay it up to 175 for a framed share signed by a Chelsea player. All you have to do is go to the Chelsea website and search for Chelsea Pitch Owners. It's money well spent. Now, the other thing is uh, the Chelsea Supporters Trust, of course. Um, Now, uh, that is five quid a year uh, as your subscriptions, and you get to have a say on all the important issues that affect supporters. So ticket prices, kickoff times, travel, you name it, security, it's all there. Uh, And we've got an AGM coming up uh, on the 24th of September, I think. So there'll be new motions which you can suggest put forward to the board in time for the AGM. And then there'll be an election. So if you want to stand to be a board member of the Sports Trust, you can uh, get a couple of people to nominate you and stand for the elections, which start immediately uh, the AGM ends. And of course, for your £5, you get for one time only, you get a very lovely Chelsea Supporters Trust badge. Go to ChelseaSupporterStrust.com and sign up today. We will be back for some emails very shortly. Real 
fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm, of course, Stamford Chidge, and I'm joined by the effervescent Jonathan Kidd. Oh, what a lovely word, Chidge. Thank you very much. Ebullient, even, as Ebullient, well. Ebullient, yes. Not, not effluent, though, that's for sure. <laughs> no, no. That's what the team were. Somebody said something really funny, actually. I don't know who this was, but they said, don't know about, uh, you know, the government being responsible, the water companies being responsible for you know, churning out sewage and shit onto the beaches, but they seem to have been doing it to the Allen Road pitch, judging by how crap Chelsea are playing. I thought that was quite good, actually, quite dry. Uh, we also have with us the absolutely superb, fantastic, lovely, one of the nicest people you will meet uh, on a match day at Chelsea and also brilliant author, my great, great, great mate, Mr. Marco Worrell. Buonasera. Always lovely to see you, mate. Now, uh, Marco can uh, have a chuckle for the next uh, 20 minutes or so as JK and I read through four interesting emails. Uh, Patrick McKeamy. Uh, dear Chidge, JK and the gang. The gang. Yeah. Chidge and Marco. the gang. That's the way. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I like I it. I like uh-huh, it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I saw them live, you did know. Did you really? Yeah, I did. I'm I not did. surprised. Yeah. Um uh, you may or may not remember me from last season as True Panks, one of your mixer I do. I discovered the fan cast when I caught the Rona <laughs> back in 2020. I was able to navigate my COVID fug seamlessly to the 50 years of Chelsea series, starting with the episode about 1994-95, my first season going to the bridge. For that, you lot should be on the NHS. Oh, sweet. Anyway, I'm living in Mexico City at the moment. Haven't been able to catch you live at all, but I'm following the podcast from afar. Uh, I'm able to watch games here at a British pub called The Dog House. And as in, I must be in The Dog House. Good, good. And for the Spurs game, I was severely outnumbered by Tottenham fans. You'll be pleased to know when the Reese goal went in, I made up for a lack of numbers with superior volume. <laughs> Taking your life in your hands. Despite Harry Kane and the Spurs fans acting like it was a win, some things never change. They're all a lovely lot. We had a round of mezcal together as a peace offering. Whilst on screen, Bissouma celebrated like he got 50% off at Sports Direct, even though everyone else knows that's the full price for Lonsdale trainers. Mm-hmm. Yes, true. The result aside, I left the game feeling extremely positive about how we played. If it can quote the quote the fan bite, will be a force this season. Yeah, hey, hey, you and me both, uh, Patrick, me thinking that would be the case. But I still think we'll be a force. Uh, keeping the blue flag flying high from afar here. Hope to catch you at the bridge when I'm back in November. Vamos los azules, Patrick, aka True Panks. Thank you, Patrick. Nice positive response, which unfortunately wasn't maintained yesterday no it wasn't but that wasn't patrick's fault uh good to hear from you patrick and stay safe in mexico uh now uh we've got him in the house tonight actually he's listening he's in mixlip he's one of my great great no he's in the house yeah one of my great mates from uh early days of the fan cast good old bobby d robert delcini 
Good evening, Mr. Stamford Bridge. Ha ha. And the fellow literary geniuses on tonight's show. How did he know that Marco would be joining us? Of course, JK is also a literary genius, having oh. written a book about his old man, which Marco published. Anyway, some things never change. At the start of the season, we have new players, still can't score goals, and the Spuds still can't beat us, even though they, man- they are managed by the Brazilian, a bald Kunte. Something like that. Uh, As I write this email, I have 16 days until my flight. And as you read this, there are 12 days until I'm able to once again embrace the bosom of the motherland. Uh, There are a few things that have to align to make sure I'm in a place to watch the West Ham game. One, Champions League draw on 25th of August. If the draw is favourable, then the West Ham game will stay on Sunday. The Qantas flight takes off on time and arrives in London at 5.05. Uh, last week, that's a bloody um, Arctic Monkeys song. Last week, the flight was diverted to Frankfurt and arrived two days late. Then I can annoy my family, whom I haven't seen in seven years. And on my first day in London, we will be rushing down the Fulham Road to see my other family. If the above goes the way we hope, then I will be at the cock when the doors open to show my Australian partner, Leanne, what a proper pub experience is like. And hopefully, I won't be shat on by a pigeon. Yet last time I saw Bobby D. Um, I think it was in the Maltster. We were in the garden and a pigeon shat on him. Literally. Anyway. It is lucky. Very good luck. Very, very good luck. As he will, I I will reveal the luck proved to be true in a minute. Anyway, my main point is that there is a difference in the club position this year, which means Tommy T may not be under as much pressure as the press portrays. The one key signing is the two-year contract given to Dave. Under the previous regime, there was a policy of only one-year contracts over a certain age. And to me, this means they are seeing sense and possibly backing the manager. We are not going in for stupid purchases that make no sense like Mr Lukaku. Very much the points that Marco and JK were making, I think, really, Bobby D. Anyway, plus Todd Bowley does not have a history of changing managers. The LA Dodgers manager has been in place since 2016 and head coach for LA Sparks since 2022. So it seems on the surface he rates consistently. What are your thoughts? Well, I think we said earlier, didn't we, that, that we thought much the same, and we, we're hoping that that proves to be the same over here. Well, that, that can't be right with the LA Sparks one, because... Maybe it's a typo. It must be a typo, it must be. Anyway, to add to this, I was most upset with the offloading of the aforementioned Mr Lukaku, as I was looking to purchase a T-shirt from Marco Stall that proclaimed, I was there when Lukaku scored, 0409-2022. Now, the reason Bobby D says that is that when he was last over and a pigeon shat on him, that was the very day that Torres broke his duck for Chelsea in the rain against West Ham after about 10 years of not being able to find the back of the net. So it was all, And Bobby bought the T-shirt. I was there when Torres scored. Anyway, see you soon and take care up the Chelsea. Yeah, looking forward to it. Maybe nice to have a beer with you in the cock. So there you go. Well done, Bobby D. Another old mate of ours, JK. Kenroy Justin. Good old Kenroy. Hi, good people of the Chelsea fan cast. Mans like Uncle Stamford Bridgie. Johnny the Kid. The Discord group. Matt Scott. Benjito. Etc. Just a few brief points from the top of my head. Number one, sometimes I feel like I'm in the twilight zone. I was completely lost. Very good, Chidge. I was completely lost when everyone was waxing lyrical about the performance versus SP asterisk RS. I mean, I'm not sure why no one realised we've been here before. 
we always get it up for SP asterisk RS, not least at the bridge, Chidge. Surely there was no reason to judge the team on that performance, <laughs> seeing as we destroyed the scum four teams four times last season, but still had an all-round shit Premier League season. We all got caught in that trap, but the signs were there at Everton the week before and last season, and most seasons before that, actually. We are consistent, consistently inconsistent. That, JK, for me, is the ultimate thing we need. Consistency. We've known for two seasons how high the team can peak. Think Juventus 4-0, Man City 1-0, 2-1 and 1-0, etc. Consistency, the right type, is what we really need. I'm afraid the number of times Tuchel changes his teams many times by force is a major barrier. Guys, I think caution is always recommendable until we can put a run of eight to ten good games together. But alas, Uncle Chidge would probably psychoanalyze me as guarded and risk-averse. I, JK? Hmm, interesting. Oh, we also need to score goals. Glaring and obvious, I know, but I've been saying this from February 2021, when everyone was praising Tuchel, deserved praise in those circumstances, but we've moved on. Frank's Chelsea scored goals, but obviously let in shed loads. So these guys can score in the right system, and it's Thomas's job to figure out what that is. We've won the last couple of trophies on the back of a great defence, but we see now that without it, there's no fallback. We can't rely on our attack to outscore the opposition if necessary, like the second half of that comeback draw against West Brom 3-3. No one believed that we would come back from 3-0 down yesterday. Tuchel must take the blame. He got rid of the two most clinical finishers we had and has not figured out a system to accommodate the guys he brought in. Though he still deserves credit as his system creates loads of chances that are thrown away. Number two, speaking of goals, someone said last week we've only had three pure strikers since Jimmy the Floyd. You what? Insert gasping scoff here. <laughs> Please see our top scorer for the 2019-20 season and compare to Drogba's first season in the league. Then a small peep at Roma's scoring charts last season. We might have to start calling him Rodney Dangerfield the way he gets no respect. It's always about what he can't do, completely ignoring the facts of what he indeed can do. Number three, JK, please explain to Uncle Dave why the Red Hot Chili Peppers are the best band of all time. I tried, but he won't listen to reason. Yes. Hey, hey, oh, this is what I say. Oh, eh. I, I can't really actually uh, do that, Kenroy, because I don't really know any of their stuff at all. They've gone... Over my forehead, I'm afraid. Sorry about that. Uh, I'd love to. In fact, I'll, I'll go and listen to a bit of it later on. <clears throat> I've just been listening to some Scritti Politti. What a great band they were. Anyway, he was Green Gartside. Um, I've been a bit, number four, I've been a bit apathetic since the whole sanctions fiasco, which I still think was illegal, and the introduction of Todd Bonelli. B-O-N-E-L-E-E, -E -E, he spells it. I think the Bowley needs to grow a beard. Uh, trim his hair, lose some weight, adopt a, uh, a Nissian accent. Russian. And get... <laughs> yes, yes, the line under it makes it look like Nissian. Uh, a Russian accent, get some sleepy eyes. Yeah, that would make sense, wasn't it? I, it, I was all meh and indifferent about the transfer news in the summer, but I must say getting back into the weekly fancast shows is helping me kickstart my season. So let's keep the fancast flying high. 
up the blues, Kenroy, Denver, Justin. From hey. St. Lucia. From St. Lucia. Yeah. Good to hear from you, Kenroy. Uh, Kenroy asked another question on Discord, actually. Um, he asked why uh, why I went from uh, having a career in TV to becoming a psychotherapist. The simple answer, Kenroy, is that in 2000, well, at the end of 2011, my TV production company went horribly bust, owing a lot of money, which is what tends to happen. It's it's a bit like football management. Eventually, you get the sack as a football manager and it ends in failure. In TV, eventually your company goes bust, and ours did. And I, I lost a lot of money, and I was sat there twiddling my thumbs thinking, maybe I don't really want to do this shit anymore. And then I kind of just had to think about what I decided I wanted to do, and I decided to become a psychotherapist, and I retrained. So there you go. And uh, my professional analysis of you is that, yes, you are very guarded and risk-averse, and I think you need to live in the moment and just enjoy the moment and see it, you know, just carpe diem, mate. So there you go. But lovely to hear from you. Uh, just chill out and have some rum, mate. I mean, you're in the right place. Anyway, lovely to hear from you as ever. Final one this week is from Daniel Cabral, who uh, gave us the uh, shortest uh, ever email last week when he just said Antonio Cunti. Uh, he's done another one. He's got a poem this time in honour of Edouard Mondi. Mondi tried to be messy, gave a goal on Sunday, lost to Dirty Leedsy. Nothing changed. Antonio Acanti. Okay, it's, it's, it's interesting, Daniel. I'll, I'll, I'll reflect upon that one during the rest of the week. But uh, yeah, good emails, people. He could send us a sample of what he smokes. <laughs> yeah, that would be very nice. Uh, all donations uh, gratefully received. Send them to Chelsea Fancast. You can't really send them via email, uh, but there you go. Send them to uh, the CFC UK stall opposite Fulham Broadway, London <laughs> SW10, I think, by then, isn't it? Six, six. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of Lots Road because basically I used to live pretty much on the border, and I was SW10 when I lived in lots road so why did i get that wrong anyway that my friends is all we've got time for tonight uh jk and me will be back with tony glover and liam toomey from the athletic this coming friday to preview the match at home to leicester on saturday uh, which i am very much looking forward to uh the chelsea fancast and dean mears's uh, went to Mo King's Meadow are available as a podcast on ChelseaFanCast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud and Spotify, as well as other lots of other podcast distributors. Uh, you may have heard me mentioning Patreon earlier on. If you like what you do, what we do, I like what you do because you listen to it. Uh, but if you like what we do, you can become a Chelsea Fancast patron and help us cover the cost of the show. Uh, honestly, there, there's no pressure. I mean, I love you all equally. Um, but if you want to uh, help us out then that's great uh, there are no uh, kind of tears or anything like that it's just whatever you want to donate is fine by me uh, and none at all if you don't want to perfectly perfectly cool about that it's patreon.com forward slash chelsea fancast uh, if you do sign up uh, i will let you into our discord group which is great fun lots of really really good people in there particularly on a match day all sounding off but in a generally agreeable and uh, respectful manner not like twitter there are no there are no twitter virgins in our discord group everybody is has had sex who is in our discord group which makes them which oh. makes which makes them a bit more sensible and less uptight i think the word is uh but there you go so come and come and sign up to patreon get into discord group you also get a kerry dixon mini banner 
which is a replica of the one that hangs in the Matthew Harding upper. So there you go. Uh, and of course, we love your emails. You just heard four of them then. They're great. We want more. Uh, send them to chelseafancast at gmail.com or Patreon if you're a Patreon member or Instagram or Tweet or Facebook. As long as I get them by the end of the day on Sunday, you've got a good chance of it being read out. And you can follow the show on all the social media at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanfordshire, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, and of course, Marco at Gate17Marco. Talking of which, lovely to see you, old Bean. Looking very well, and uh, no doubt you're looking forward to next Saturday. Yes, when Chelsea will bounce back from Sunday's disappointment against Dirty Leeds by beating Leicester City 4-0. Ah, Raheem Shaquille Sterling, MBE, will score his first goal for Chelsea. You're absolutely Yes, remember. You've heard it here before. And of course, if you think Marco's talking out of his rear end, think again, because Marco won the Chelsea Fancast Prem Predictions League by predicting results such as that last season. So uh, stick your money on it now. Great to see you, mate. Well done. I look forward to seeing you on yeah. Saturday. I will yeah. come come and yeah. say hello at the stall. I will tarry a while. I will say hello to Chuckles, who was very impressed that I name-checked him in my CFC UK article last month. But the, the I don't big... think he's not actually going to be there on Isn't there. he? Saturday. No, he's in um, Turkey. I Is think. he? He's gone on holiday, has he? Yeah, he's ah. back until the West Ham game. Fair enough. Shame I won't see him, but there'll be plenty of other people there, no doubt. And uh, as for you, Mr Kidd, lovely to see you, and I look forward to seeing you on Friday, of course. I'll be there. I'm looking forward to it too. Yeah. Who, who are you going with on, on Saturday? Or more to the point, who's going with you? I'm going to be taking my daughter. Oh, George is going. How oh, lovely. Yes, yes. Okay, well, so, hopefully, hopefully I'll bump into you too. It'd be nice. But, yeah, uh, well, I'll try and make it if she just gets embarrassed. She says, oh, what have you introduced me to them for? Oh, dear. <laughs> How old is she now? 13. Yeah, she's at that funny age. I don't know enough about football. I don't know enough about Chelsea. I said, well, mug up on it then. Mug up. Find out. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Bless her heart. Well, I hope you both enjoy it. I'm sure you will. I'm looking forward to it already. Before that, of course, we've got the preview show on Friday with me, JK, Tony and Liam Toomey, as I said. So make sure you check that out. Uh, Mixler people, you've been lovely as always. Great to see you. Uh, But for everybody else, thank you for listening. See you Friday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree and keep it Chelsea. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.